with diverse flora and fauna, magnificent natural landscapes, and an ecological biosphere that supports life. This wondrous planet is our earthly home. From our animal co-inhabitants to the lush rainforests and life-giving soil, we cherish all these as gifts from the Creator. It is a common theme in the world's major faiths that during our temporary stay here, we should be good stewards of Mother Earth. Throughout the years, Supreme Master Ching Hai has shared the message of leading a balanced life while following a spiritual path. Not only we must nourish our spirits, but we share the responsibility to care for nature and our fellow beings. In light of recent scientific evidence, stressing the grave state of our planet caused by climate change, Supreme Master Ching Hai affirms the important message she has noted for over the past two decades. We must be vegetarian, meaning an animal-free diet, and practice sustainable living. Today we present to you Supreme Master Ching Hai's discussion on climate change entitled Benevolent Messages from Mars, Be Virtuous and Save the Earth via video conference with Supreme Master Television staff in Los Angeles, California, USA on January 18, 2009. <laughs> Happy New Year, kids! Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Master. What is the occasion today? <laughs> uh, first, uh, most beloved Master, we are so deeply grateful that you are taking some of your precious time to be with us today. Thank you for blessing us with your most loving and beautiful presence. Your wise and compassionate example continues to lead us and the world into a golden age of peace. We look forward to the day with the help of your unconditional grace when all beings on this planet will be cherished and will live in a joyful paradise called Earth. Thank you, Master. Thank you for inviting me. How are you guys? Great! Great. Thank you, Master. All right, good. Uh, we are working for a little while longer, okay? Yes, okay. Master. Okay. For the sake of others, okay? Okay, okay master. master. Then we will see what else we do. <laughs> okay. Before we start it, I want to say something. I want to thank you, you know? You have also many good ideas, and uh, you are diligent, yes, and you are dedicated, which is uh, very, very good of you, mm -hmm. and good for you, and good for the planet, okay? Let's hope. So uh, with the days, you know, you improve a lot, and I'm very proud of you guys, and thank you, huh? Thank, thank you, Master. So, 
Is there anything I can do for you today? Any question? On the news recently, NASA scientists say that the methane cloud recently detected on Mars could be produced by a geological or perhaps even life-related activity on the planet. We had also interviewed Dr. Michael Meyer of NASA's Mars Exploration Program regarding this, and he said that the methane measurements they found are localized and that it is being produced or released recently. However, he said what's very interesting about these findings are that they actually do not know the cause of it. We were so excited to learn about this news about Mars. And Master, during the conference with uh, Seoul Center Korea, you had promised that there would be a time to speak more in detail about Mars, and particularly about their own past planetary crisis. Um, why haven't you told us anything since then? Did I promise? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a promise is a promise. Okay. Uh, I didn't tell anybody because there are several reasons. The first reason is that the Korean people has never asked me again. <laughs> so I forgot, you know, being busy every day, yes, and have dogs and birds and all that, yeah, <laughs> and the group meditation, etc. Now, the, another reason is that I worry that the earthling might search and try to find the survivors of Mars and it might not be very favorable for them, yeah, for their existence. And another reason is I have to ask their permission whether or not I should disclose all that you wanted to know about them. So I got their permission, uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I have forgotten all about it, you know? Mm. <laughs> you know, I have done some research about it with the Marsan people, and I've got some notes, you know, but uh, it's been a long time, and they've been laying around with my cooking recipes and uh, <laughs> all kind of others, <laughs> other documents that... Uh, uh, okay, but if you ask, I will try to... Uh, look for the right answer if I have in uh, my notes and uh, and if you are patient I will give it to you accordingly okay thank you Master. thank you we have a lot of questions ah go ahead first question may we know exactly what happened to the Martians hmm exactly what happened wow <laughs> <laughs> that takes a long time yeah but, uh, okay, uh, I will try to check out where is the document, yeah? Will you be patient, okay? Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's, it's uh, been a long time, and I haven't got a time to even sort them out, you know, like uh, alphabetically or anything. Let me see uh, uh, mm, what exactly happened, huh? <laughs> okay. Okay. It happened uh, about 40 million years ago. Hmm? Wow. The mass extinction happened 40 million years ago. Mm. Uh, and uh, mm. 
Okay, maybe you ask a little bit more detail, and then I will answer you one by one. How about that? Okay. Okay. Because if you just ask like that, I will have to write a book. You ask one by one, not like A, B, C all together, and then I have problem searching in my documents here because I wrote them uh, during uh, like half meditative stage of mine, and I had to scrabble them in the middle of the night under a small light and. Worried to wake up the dogs and uh, break up my concentration and all that stuff. So, you know, you take it easy on me, okay? Huh? Yes, okay. master. Okay. Okay. You you ask some more, and then uh, we will find it. Okay? Mm. Master, were there um, any survivors? And how many were there? Thank there you, master. There were survivors. Yes, yes. There were survivors. The first survivors were about two million people. And now they have about five million eight hundred thousand. Oh wow! Oh. Yes. How were they able to survive? Uh, let me think. Let me see if anything else. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's it. Uh, the final survivors at that time. It's two millions. Um, where and how do the Martians live? They live underground, and they live very frugally, uh, recyclingly, spiritually. I think I have uh, told a little bit uh, with uh, some Korean people already. Where do they live? I check it out. Check it out for you. Where do they live, huh? Mm. You know the survivors. Uh, first, they live in a less polluted area. There were some pockets of less polluted area in Mars at that time, less poisonous. They survive. And they start picking up pieces, and then they go into the underground cave, and the dig tunnels, and uh, live in there. The survivors slowly get in touch with each other during the twenty years period, until most of them are contacted with each other, uh, first uh, telepathically, of course, nah? and then physically. Yeah. Then they gather together. Uh, dig up more and deeper uh, tunnels and caves underground, and arrange for more comfort and uh, community. Is there anywhere else I can tell you? Okay. They occupy like one third part of Mars and are near each other uh, now, and they build roads and streets and all that. Mm. Uh, here, they would start to dig tunnels and big uh, spaces, big ceiling about ten meters high, yeah. Mm. And between the ground and the ceiling, about ten meters high, some part of it underground, and they have like five stories space, yeah, in between them. Yes, they found the underground water river, and wow. they live nearby. Most of the people live near the underground water. Uh, I told you take it easy on me, because uh, <laughs> my information is all over the planet here, you know. Okay. <laughs> um, and what else? Uh, where and how they live? There might be some more information, you know. Before they live, like a little bit uh, far away and s spread around all over the planet. Underground, but now they kind of uh, gathered together, uh, almost uh, nearby, in the same vicinity, and live together as one nation. Wow. 
Okay, I check out any more information before you ask another question. Because hmm? <laughs> I have noticed, you know, it's not like uh, ABC or, you know, it's not like uh, uh, organized things. I really had no time, but because you want to know, I try my best. I think that's it, and uh, you can ask more, and then we find more uh, information, yeah? Okay, thank you, Master. Hello, Master. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Ah, very good, very good. I have some questions, Master. Please. Is this latest news about NASA discovery of Maiden related to the Mars people, people living underground? Could be, could be, yes. You know, uh, because they have to pump their toxic gases from their activities uh, from underground to the surface of Mars so that they can detox and purify uh, the air that they breathe. Okay. Okay, thank you, Master. Next question. Since how long have Martians been living underground? Since after the mass destruction on Mars, they began to live underground ever since then. I see. Yeah. Thank you. And the Martians currently living underground, are they aware of what had happened in their planet history? They have been told. They pass on the knowledge of what happened of their planet to their children and grandchildren. Even though it's 40 million years ago, uh, they retain the history of what happened so that the descendants know how to take care of what they have and not to be careless and not to be so destructive anymore, but more virtue and, you know, spiritual. Uh, they must live like that. Okay? Yes, and Master, uh, during the, the destruction of the planet, how did they die? Oh, terrible. Let me check. Uh, the mass extinction came. They die. Not only human beings and there were the animals, also they die by two main poisonous gases, uh, namely hydrogen sulfide and nitrous oxide, plus methane at the third course. But hydrogen, sulfide, and methane from the livestock began to warm the climate and then trigger uh, more other gases from the ocean, from permafrost and glacier around the planet, just like what's happening to our planet right now. Uh, let me see if anything else I need to... Okay, I check. Okay, one moment. I'm checking if anything else. And uh, okay, they die, you know, agonizing death. You know, not like quick death, but slow. It takes men and animals around four days to die a very painful and suffocating slow death. As the destruction happened too fast, no one can help anyone. Ninety percent of the populations, including the animals, they die. And then sometimes later, another five percent also die. 
And then uh, a while later, 3.8% also die. Only 0.2% of them escape, you know, around 2 million into the underground caves. And then they dig deeper longer and they live next to the underground river, and that's how they survive. Check out anything else. I think that's it, huh? Mm. Yeah, okay. If uh, any more, I tell you later. I would like to ask uh, one last question. Are the Martians working on restoring their planet to its original state right now? They can't. They can't. It's not for humans to even restore this kind of catastrophically destructed planet. But the planet will revive itself, you know, by natural process. And it takes uh, one more million years. Why well, check it out? Yeah, one million years more, and Mars will be inhabitable. Yeah, small bushes will begin to grow, and then weeds and grass, and uh, you know, and then food trees, etc., etc. River and stream and sea will begin to form again, and gradually, human and animals will be able to settle on Mars surface again. I think uh, I think that's it. Uh, nothing more. Mm. Thank you very okay. much, Master. You're welcome. If you're not if you're not satisfied, you can ask for more explanation. Okay. Yes, Master. Hi, Master. Hi. I just wanted to um, further discuss about what life is like on Mars, and could you please tell us um, when and how do Martians come up from the ground? They come up sometimes when necessary, okay? Let me see if I have more information for you. Okay, they come up to surface, you know, only when truly necessary. You know, in uh, insulated cars, but they have flying cars. <laughs> either uh, surveying the planet's surface or visit each other's in a little bit more distance, but uh, not connected uh, cities, where there are no road underground is connected or not possible to have road. And uh, they come out for special supplying, you know, and delivering for each other's stuff. Yes, wow, that's amazing. Let me see if I have any more, just to make sure, eh? Be patient, please. Yes, Master. Yeah. I wish I had to organize it and do something nicer, but it's all, you know, like this. Look. <laughs> see what I mean? <laughs> different even colors, because I have different time to do this thing. I cannot look at that, yeah? Then I didn't even have time to do it all in one go. This kind of research you don't just do it in one session of meditation. It comes now and again. Sometimes by uh, intention from my part, sometimes uh, they just uh, give me some information, you know, without asking. So I forgot all about it, and uh, so I haven't got time to uh, do it. I put it in my bag and carry it everywhere up to now. Can you believe it? <laughs> and now because you asked, I dig them out for you. Thank you, Master. Some more here, okay. That is... Mm -hmm. 
you know, when they travel, they have tanks of oxygen. This is extra that I have just found. Oxygen tanks, and then they have masks. They have very insulated cars. That's for sure, huh? You can imagine, right? Okay, now something else here. They have big public gardens with flowers and grass and trees. The highest will be about three meter high only, yeah? Wow. The highest house is about three stories. Remember, they dig the tunnel is about 10 meter and five stories high, so they need to have a little bit space on top of their house. So they have the highest house with like three stories, mostly next to river, eh? and only mud houses, mud houses. No concrete, no cement house. Oh, thank you, Master. I'm looking. Oh, please, be patient, be patient. I truly was busy, huh, and forgot. It, this kind of information even it take a few days to put them together. I think that's just about it then, huh? Well, you mentioned about the oxygen tanks. Actually, that was my next question. I wanted to ask, how do Martians breathe? Dear God, <laughs> <laughs> I know they breathe, all right. <laughs> but the breathing <laughs> information, okay, it's been a long time, and I wrote it down. Okay, they produce oxygen by special techniques that they invented with the time from the underground water, yes? And they recycle water a lot, and they recycle the air also whenever possible. Of course, they filter the air as much as they can. As I told you, they live under the ground, but at the least polluted area, so they filter the air somewhat to use whatever they can, and they produce oxygen from the underground water where they use. And they pump up the methane and the other gases onto the surface of Mars. Maybe that is the reason why scientists have found some methane cloud recently. Hmm? Makes sense? Yes, it does. I wanted to ask, what kind of governments do Martians have? What kind of government? Okay, okay. They have like... Uh, almost like non-governmental kind of system, the way we have, okay? People gather together and they elect uh, the wise persons who are absolutely unconditional and uh, caring and honorable, you know, trustworthy. Of course, in their government there's no bribery and no judiciary system even. Everyone lives in mutual respect and harmony and uh, respecting the regulations of the planet. Let me check if anything else we should have. So there's no conflict, you know, no competitions. Everyone is free to go anywhere they want and do anything they want. And of course they know what to do. They don't do anything that is destructive or damaging or, uh, you know, harmful to anyone on the planet and the planet itself. You know, everything is free anyway, so nobody steal anything, okay? Wow. Mm, let me check. Uh, government, government, okay. The government doesn't control people, yes, because people have discipline. Uh, you know, like some government, they control how many children we should have because of our planet is overpopulated and people eat too much, and so the people on the planet worry about hunger and robbery and all that and war, but over there they don't worry about it because they share everything. Every family, 
you know, automatically has like one or two or three children maximum. Uh, they use different control methods. They don't use the pills. They use a natural method, yeah? They don't have uh, contraceptive pills. They don't have abortion. And they live together as partners. There's no marriage per se, like you have to go to sign contract or anything like that, uh, or for official certificate like us, you know, like us here. But they live together by love and by mutual respect and uh, commitment like partners for life. And there's no divorce over there. Wow. Okay? Right. Sounds like Good. You like to live there, huh? Mm. Yes, it would be nice. <laughs> okay, love. Uh, let me check if anything else. I'm just finding for you. I'm still looking. As I have told you, they, they select wise people for their leaders, yeah? Enlightened beings. And uh, they are happy folks, you know? Uh, <laughs> Sometimes I miss out something, but I give you here and there. Oh, where are my stuff? Uh, wait a minute. Be, be patient, be patient, okay? I'm looking through my books. <laughs> Please take your time. <laughs> my stickers and my books, yeah. Oh, they have a queen now, at the moment. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, they have a queen. Uh, but some times ago they had kings. They could have kings and queens, it doesn't matter. They are selected by people uh, for wisdom, for spiritual attainment, and are chosen by insight knowledge, not by our look and not by uh, public relation advertisement. Yes. So the elderly, the wise person, the enlightened master would sit and look inside who is the most worthy. They can be picked anywhere from any house, any street. It's not passed down by heritage, by DNA or genetic or because uh, of family lineage, you know? So it can always change. You know, anyone, even the street sweepers can be queen and king if if they are enlightened enough and wise and virtuous. That is the criteria to be a leader on Mars right now because they are chosen by insight knowledge, by meditative wisdom. Nobody can cheat <laughs> with votes, <laughs> you know, nobody can bribe the voters, <laughs> nobody can buy any voters, <laughs> nobody can have like party or anything like that. No parties except the wise people. There's no political parties. Probably there's some more for you. I'm checking, okay? I'm checking. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma checking, checking. Mm. Now they have uh, all together just like one nation with the council of the wise to guide them in most of the matters. So there's a queen and a council? Yes, yes. The queen, also the councils of the wise. Uh, i check if anything else for you here. I think that's just about it, huh? Mm. What is the role of the queen, then, um, if, if they don't tell Martians what to do? Oh, just in case somebody needs some advice, for example, yes? Or if there are anything else that uh, they can improve their lifestyle for their people, yes, that's it. There's nothing like uh, negative, yeah? The queen is there for people when they have something to ask. 
because the queen and the wise council are wise. Not all the citizens on Mars are as wise as they are. They are there like a leader and teacher and friends and councils, yes. The council of the wise, they are not chosen even by age, you know, not like elder, you know. Uh, they are not chosen by age, but by wisdom and spiritual levels. You cannot call this government, you know, it's just a group of council, yes, and the queen, you know, and, you know, whoever are selected into this so-called government, they have job to do. They're not there just to get salary. They don't get any salary. They will have the same like everybody else. There is no police, uh, yeah, no army, no weapons. Uh, they, they have regulations, yes, that everybody respects and follows. There's no questions about the authority of the government, no revolution, nothing like that. So it's actually it's very harmonious where, where they live. Wow. Yeah. Do you ever plan to write a book about Martians no, someday? No, honey, if I have time, oh my God. <laughs> you must be joking. You know, I was thinking, that I could write the three books of the animals. That was when, you know, I really drove myself crazy. <laughs> and now even if I want to drive myself that crazy, I don't even have time to drive, okay? Understand. <laughs> day, very, very busy. Actually, we don't need to write a book about Mars. What for? What do you want to write a book for? It's hmm? so exciting. <laughs> exciting, so yeah? My goodness, okay. Well, but I'm telling you everything you need to know now, so I think there's no need for a book, is there? Yes, thank you, Master. You're welcome. Yes, I have a question, Master. Yeah. What do the Martians look like? Oh, they look like you. <laughs> they look like us, yes. They look similar to us, but they are just uh, better looking. <laughs> they are like more healthy looking, and more radiant, and more lovely. Uh, the, they look more serene, more rested, yeah? Their face, you know, they look more benevolent than most of us on the planet. Also, how long do they live? They can live up to 200 years old. Wow. Yeah, most of them live very long. They don't have stress, you see, honey. They don't have stress. They don't have uh, uh, much pollution to give them this kind of uh, radical agent that aged them so fast. You see, their life is harmonious, peaceful loving relationship. Everybody cooperate with each other and respect life and helping each other in any way they can. They share everything. This is a beautiful way of life. So they live long, of course. Thank you, Master. One more thing, you know? Even if they age, you know, like us, but they age very gracefully. Even when they are very old, they still look very young. They look young until the day they die, much younger than uh, what we are in the same age here, for example, yeah? Uh, oh, you, you would 
never be able to tell their age when you look at them. <laughs> Very young. They stay young long, long time. Hello, Master. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you. You look so beautiful, Master. Thank you, love. Thank you. Master, you're really beautiful. I'm trying to look good for you guys. Thank you, Master. Cheer you up, you know? Yeah. Even though in this physical body uh, we don't live that long and it's temporal, but uh, uh, it's nice to look at, uh, you know, nice things, yeah? Pleasant things, right? Yeah. Yes, Master. Cheers up like the flowers or like the sunshine, or like some cute animals. They do help to, you know, uplift our mood a little bit. So I'm trying to lift your mood up. No? I know you work hard there, so I'm trying to look pretty for you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Master. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome. <laughs> We love you so much. Thank you, love. I have a question. Tell me. Um, what do Martians eat? Are they all vegetarians? They are, they are. Almost all of them are vegans. They eat like once or twice or three times a day maximum, but they eat only like one-fourth of, of our average food intake on this planet daily, yeah? Uh, you see, they are happy folk. They don't eat that much. They cook with electricity. No, there's no gas, no fire there. Yeah? The temperature is always the same anyway, so they're mostly very healthy. Underground and weather in Mars is always uh, the same. You know, they have a device to control the weather. And they don't work so hard like what we do here. They don't stress for living. So they don't really need that much food. Yes, they eat very little and healthy. Uh, let me see if anything else I check out. Okay, they eat cereals, yeah, like us. Some kind, you know, not all of what we have. Their farming is mostly hydroponic. And they have fruit trees, they have cooking oil even, yes. They have cooking oil from cereals for cooking, yeah. And check it out, anything else? One second. Okay, because they are vegetarian, you know? When they survived in the beginning, they have a stronger immune system. So these two million people were all vegetarians, actually, or vegan. The one who survived, the last of all that survived after everybody dying about 90% first, and then 5%, and then 3 comma 8%. And the last one, that's only 0.2% survive. These are the vegetarians and vegan, because they have a stronger immune system. Uh, that is physically speaking, but you know already, it's karma, right? Yeah. They have good karma, and they're virtuous and meritorious, that's why. So they survive in any case, and they continue to be vegetarian. There were only two millions, more or less, vegetarian and vegan at that time, but they don't have breatharian. <laughs> they don't have fruitarian and no solarian, especially now. They don't have solarian. Thank you, Master. You're welcome. Some of the benefits of a vegetarian diet 
lower blood pressure, lower cholesterol levels, reduce type 2 diabetes, prevent stroke conditions, reverse atherosclerosis, reduce heart disease risk 50%, reduce heart surgery risk 80%, prevent many forms of cancer, stronger immune system, increase life expectancy up to 15 years, higher IQ, conserve up to 70% clean water, save over 70% of the Amazonian rainforest from clearance for animal grazing. A solution for world hunger. Free up 3,433 million hectares of land. Free up 760 million tons of grain every year or half the world's grain supply. Consume two-thirds less fossil fuels than those used for meat production. Reduce pollution from untreated animal waste. Maintain cleaner air. Save 4.5 tons of emissions per US household per year. Stop 80% of global warming. Plus more. Save your life. Be veg, go green. And do Martians ever get sick? No, they don't get sick. Mm. Uh, in case I forgot, let me check. Let me check, honey, for you. No, no, no. They're very happy. They don't have doctors there. <laughs> they don't have nurses. They don't have hospitals. They don't have tax. <laughs> they don't have prison. They don't have money. They don't have anything like what we have here that is bothersome and stressful, you know. Everyone contributes what they can honestly, sincerely, and happily. And they share whatever they have, you know. Each one uh, has the special uh, abilities or expertise, and they share everything they have together. There's no buying selling over there. In such an atmosphere like that, you know, of course, you will be happy and you live long and you don't have a sickness, okay? Thank you, Master. Another question, do Martians need to work for survival like we do, or for another reason? And what kind of work do they do? No, 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 they don't have to. Uh, let me check what else I have. They don't have to, as I told you. Yeah, each one work according to their abilities and talents. They contribute and share together whatever they have. And uh, so they don't have to work uh, at all for survival, but they do work, you know, they do work voluntarily and freely for the benefits of themselves and all, you see, to contribute to their society, to their nation. But they don't call that work. You know, they work happily, and no one is forced to work because of money. Therefore, they work with all their heart and with all their pleasure, and they work as they want it. No government there to levy tax on them, and so no extra work, no overtime, and no stress, no boss, nothing. Nothing like that. Everybody does exactly what she or he wants. When and whatever she, he wants, because they're all very disciplined. 
they trust each other and the government trusts them and they trust the so-called government. So there's no control. Everybody works honestly, sincerely, accordingly, and freely, and happily. Okay? Yes, Master. Thank you. I just found something more here, you know. They share everything. There's no rich, no poor. There no one owns more than anybody. Everything equal. They wear simple clothes. They have simple lifestyle. They eat simple, and they work according to ability and treat all equally. They don't have market. They don't have market, but they share everything. They share works, and they share all the common goods together. Uh, because they are very uh, spiritual people, very spiritual and virtuous and disciplined, they learn from the the mistakes that their ancestors made. They learn from the tragedy of their planet, and they work together as one people. They are very spiritual, especially the one who survive. And so the DNA and the tradition and the goodness keep passing down from generation to generation. Okay? Yes, thank you, Master. You're welcome. I think that's it. What do they do for fun? Oh, what do they do for fun? Mm. What do you think they do? They have radio, they have television, so they listen to radio to, to know what's going on, you know, between their cities and between their people. And they have internet, like we have, better, faster. Faster, much, much faster, yes. Uh, here, sometimes we have to wait for hours to download, you know. Even if I rent the best internet system, it still takes a long time to download or upload some information, yeah? But over there, it's faster, faster, yeah. Almost like whatever you put in there is there. <laughs> it's almost like a fax or like you copy a letter out, that's it. Very simple. You push the right button, everything comes out quick. Push the right button, everything downloaded. Push the right button, everything uploaded. Uh. Just as you were talking or reading it, it's coming out. Yes. It's like a copy machine or like fax or like email. Ne? can read it right away. They have television. They have the Supreme Master television. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're watching. <laughs> Yes, they are watching. My goodness, they've been watching Supreme Master Television. Believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> and they liked it very much. Hmm. Wow. They liked it very much. I, I didn't know that up to now. I, I didn't ask about this, and now because, because you asked and I made a joke, and then they told me, yes, yes, we've been watching. <laughs> That's very nice. That's a very nice surprise for me also. Thanks to your question. Yes. I did not think about that. I did not think they could watch interplanetary television. Wow. Oh, my God. Millions of miles away, huh? Yes. Yes. They have dramas, yes. They have theaters. Yeah, they have comedian shows like us, yeah. And they also have sports, yes. But they don't have, uh, you know, violent sports. You know, their sports are mostly very healthy sports and non-violent. 
they can do like climbing, uh, swimming, running, uh, dancing, acrobic. Wow. Yes, but they don't have uh, entertainment like circus. You know, for example, or boxing, uh, or racing between animals. Yes, or fighting between animals or men. Uh, nothing like that. Nothing that is abusive to people or animals. Everything is fun, healthy, wholesome, and benevolent, and nice. Okay? <laughs> Winner and loser shake hands, hug, and kiss each other at the end. There's no animity between them. Never. There's no competition like, I have to win, you have to lose. There's no such thing. Everything is honest and play for fun. Let me see if anything else that I have missed out for you. I think that's it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Master. You're welcome. You're welcome, my love. <laughs> Thanks to her question that I know they're watching the Supreme Master television. It did not come across my mind to search for this answer. I did not even ask this question. Okay, because there's so much information coming in, and I thought that is just about it, you know. And I come in and out of uh, research. I cannot just sit there. Sometimes the dogs, and sometimes time to get up, sometimes time to go out for other work to do, and maybe they have sent me this information before, but I missed it out, you know, between the going in and out. So thank you, huh? Very good question. Wow. I bet you guys are proud. <laughs> I still have a little bit of information left. I hope your question is suitable. <laughs> Hello, Master. Hello. Wie geht's dir? Gut, danke schön. Master, what kind of transportation do the Martians use? Okay, they have like cable cars, hmm? like a Straßenbahn, like in Germany, <laughs> or electric. They have public and private flying cars. They have bicycles. And they, these are all free, all free for everyone who needs it, can take it and use it. Nobody owns anything in Mars right now. Cars, airplanes, everything is free of charge. And they can also walk, eh? Mm. Uh, but their flying cars or any cars are a little bit more in the round shape. It's not like square shape like us. They think it reduced more of the friction. So it flies and turns around quicker, easier. That's why they made it all round. If you have ever seen a UFO, it's almost the UFO style that they have uh, uh, taken some photo before, yeah? And uh, very, very fast, very fast, yeah? The fastest it would be about 300 miles per hour. You know, some private and small one. The slowest would be like 100 miles an hour. That is about, wow, maybe 500 kilometers an hour, eh? The fastest one. Hmm. Do they have UFOs also? I told you already, this kind of like a UFO, eh? You mean uh, if they come down here with UFO? Yes, or to no. other planets? No, 
no, they don't go to us and uh, go to other planet or not. No, no. They're contented to stay where they are. Their cars and things uh, look like UFs or shape, you know, like a disc. Yes, round. So it reduces the, the friction with the air, you know, with the atmosphere. Uh, so it's faster. And that's why they can turn around easily. Uh, in our system, our car is square, yeah? Mostly square. When you want to turn around, you have to back up, back down, back, front, back. <laughs> you know, it takes a long time. And it drives slowly because of the friction with the atmospheric force. That's what I think. I, I'm not a scientist. I don't take my words for it. But they make it all around to reduce, you know, the frictions and the easier to turn around, back up, and all that. You can imagine, huh? because their cities are smaller, you know, and uh, they live underground, so uh, the car has to be convenient and round, no corners and no edge, easier for them to maneuver and turn around. Do they also have, like, teletransportation? Like, can they think they are somewhere else and then they go there? just by thinking? Some of them have this ability, but not all of them have. Hence, they need public and private transportation. And um, what other kind of technology do they have? You know, many things that they have, that we have, but just more excellent, yeah, faster, and uh, good quality. It doesn't break down often like <laughs> what we have here. <laughs> There's no virus on their computer, yeah? <laughs> no, no mechanical failure in their cars, for example. Very rare, very rare. It lasts a long time, what they produce. And they have telephone, they have internet, as I mentioned before, they have radio, yes. And they have telepathy, of course, and teletransport. Um, what kind of energy, like... Um Sun energy, nuclear energy, light energy, electromagnetic energy. What kind of energy do they use? Sun energy is out of question, eh? They don't have sun huh? underground. They have artificial sun, which is uh, very nice, and it doesn't burn the skin, yes. And they can turn it off and on whenever they want. <laughs> They also have the moon for the night, you know, a little very mellow lights for, for, for the night. And uh, they have a free electricity, like a Tesla style, you know? Yes, free electricity. They invent it and they use free electricity. Not like us, we have to have cable everywhere. We need uh, instruments and uh, so many complications, electric poles and electric bill and all that. <laughs> Over there they use free electric energy. Hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. some good news. There are some Martians still survived. You know, the good one, the virtuous one, they survived, but they could not live the way they lived before. They are underground, and they have to recycle everything. Water, vegetable, very little thing they have. Around six million of them only. And it could happen to us also. It could happen to us like that. 
that we might have to live underground to survive and recycle oxygen, recycle vegetables, recycle water, and be frugal and share in absolutely everything, like the Martian people do. Anyway, I do hope that the Earth people do not discover where they live. I don't want them to discover. We might do them more harm than good. If we dig them up, they will die. I don't have enough oxygen. They are not used to with the living on the surface anymore. They are safer down there because the Mars is still not inhabitable yet. The people who survive on Mars, there's more or less six millions of them, they are the good people. They were vegetarian. They practice a heavenly conduct, and they are very, very, very nice people. They are about four level, and they continue that way, similar to some people who live underground right now on our planet. They are self-sufficient and very frugal, very self-contented, and very, very God-oriented, spiritually uh, oriented. That's how they survive. Hello, Master. Hello. When you spoke to Supreme Master Television in July of 2008, um, you mentioned that most of the Martians living underground were fourth-level beings. Um, why would a, a free soul choose to reincarnate uh, to live underground? Because uh, a soul would incarnate anywhere, yes, for different reasons and different purposes. Sometimes like to help others, sometimes to develop a spiritual understanding, sometimes because of the affinity, and other times maybe karmic pattern. Souls never fear or never be picky about where they will incarnate and where they will live. Only after we <laughs> incarnate into a physical body, then we begin to complain and this and that, <laughs> because the soul will become limited and we feel suffocated. But souls before that, they never are picky about where they go. They just go where they must go and where they should go or where they want to go. Is it possible that when uh, Mars was destroyed that some of the people might have come to Earth to inhabit the Earth and start our civilization here? No, no, honey. None came here. They stay where they were, yes. They're better there than here. <laughs> it's just that in the past, like 40 million years ago, their planet developed too fast, too fast. Technology and their development of physical development, technology development was out of balance with the spiritual understanding and discipline. Therefore, you know, their planet has been destroyed. But the people who survived, who knows the value of uh, virtues and spiritual practice, and therefore they get together, and they're very well together, even though they don't have as much as what we have here, but they have enough, and they're happy together. So they don't even want to come here. Sorry, we are unwanted. <laughs> it's not like you read it before somewhere, like the uh, aliens are trying to invade us and they are in our planet. It's not true. At least about Mars, they don't want our planet. They really don't want. Thank you, Master. I love your dress and the writing on it. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. I love yours too. <laughs> thank you. Veggie fur, huh? That's right. You designed it. Oh. I'm proud that you like it. <laughs> it's very warm. I, I was surprised at how warm it was. Yes, yes, I tell you, when no need fur. It's even warmer than fur and light, you know? It's very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I, I borrowed it from someone and I want to get one myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enjoy while it lasts. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Master. You mentioned that uh, Martians, they watch Supreme Master television. Do they tell you what is their favorite Supreme Master television show? I told you they like it. Which one is their favorite show? <laughs> oh, I did not ask. Uh, they don't have favorite. They like it all. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just polite, I guess. <laughs> That's great. I didn't know that they watched the pre-master television. That's a big news for us. I didn't know it either, to be honest. I'm more interested to know, how do Martians communicate with each other? I told you, they have telephone. They have internet. It's just faster, yeah? And they have telepathy. Hmm? They also walk to communicate with each other. Imagine that. <laughs> Visit each other within the underground cities. And they also go uh, above the ground in the insulated cars to visit each other and deliver stuff. So does everyone have the um, telepathic ability or just certain higher level beings? No, not, not all. Not all of them have telepathic ability. Just some. One-fourth of the Martians had telepathic ability in the beginning of their survivals. And now, uh, maybe uh, more or less, yeah? That's how they communicate with each other when they first survived. And, uh, you know, now it's uh, similar, yes. This is something that come out naturally. They don't specially cultivate this kind of magical power. They just have it or not have it. They don't mind so much. So they do have verbal language, and what does their um, language sound like? I don't know how to tell you. It's not English, of course. It's not Chinese, it's not Spanish, it's not French, it is Martians. <laughs> and my next question is, um, what are Martians, um, trees or animals or flowers like? Do they have nice sceneries? Yes, they have... Uh, some big garden, you know, park-like, and they have some bushes there and flowers and, you know, but I told you the highest tree is about three meters high, yeah, because they cannot cultivate bigger than that, yeah? And they have flowers also, and they have park, you know, like garden for everybody to enjoy. Most of animals die during or after the mass extinction. Let me check if I have uh, more accurate information. I can't remember everything. I note it down. One minute, hey? Okay, yes. Thank you for your patience. Okay, they have some pets, uh, some animals that we have no names here on Earth. <laughs> and not like what we have. 
They have some underground animals that can live underground, a little different than here, yes. They have some dogs and some cows. Wow. Moth has only 32 cows, including ox and kids, and they are treated like other animals as beloved pets and or national treasure. They do not try to breed them abnormally into more. They just want to keep more or less this number. Dogs are in the same status. But they don't have birds. They don't have cats. But they have something that we did not have. I cannot explain it here. Okay. And do they also communicate with pets telepathically? Yeah, they can. Some can. I just told you more or less the same, like one four of them have uh, telepathic abilities. Yeah. And they also have phones, so they don't have to <laughs> try to learn telepathy too much. Thank you, Master. You're welcome. You know, whatever the animals that survived, because they survived it together with their human companions, you know, who brought them underground with them. And then from then, they bred more. And they are precious. They are not so abundant of animals like us here. Yeah? They have uh, limited numbers of animals. Hello, Master. Hello. Uh, you look like a queen. Merci. Okay, my question is, on Mars, do they have different religions or spiritual practices? No, no, they don't have different religion. They just have spiritual practice and uh, uniform, one simple. What methods do they have for seeking uh, communion with God? They meditate. <laughs> They seek the God within themselves, the light within themselves, the energy that manifests into vibration within themselves. Hmm? Is it like our method, the Kuan Yin method? Yes, that's what they do. That's what they practice, wow. the Kuan Yin method. Not only on Mars, all the worthwhile planetary systems in the universe practice Kuan Yin method wherever there are people, wherever there are humans, they practice Kuan Yin method. And uh, this Kuan Yin method has been practicing on Mars, you know, before the destruction. And the Kuan Yin practitioner, who are vegetarian virtues, they are the ones who survived. And so their lineage continues up to now. It has never been broken. Wow. And they're all spiritual practitioners and Kuaning practitioners, yes. So, um, are there any masters currently on Mars? Uh, yeah, they have two, two masters of the fifth levels. Wow, huh? Of course, yeah, that's to expect. Our past enlightened masters like you know, uh, Buddha and Jesus and Prophet Muhammad, have they visited Mars and 
and some other time and um, spread their their teaching and were they successful um, teaching there if if they have? No, none of these masters need to go to Mars because they have had this beautiful tradition of quaning spiritual lineage that is passing down to them from the time of their ancestors. So uh, the masters only go to planets who don't have spiritual rich heritage, who people need their presence, their blessing, and their teaching. The master just go to the planet who is already stabilized and disciplined and virtuous. Mars did not need any master anymore. Before the destruction, there was one master huh, who was teaching the Quaning method, and therefore there were two million people, more or less, who were following this master. Let's see if it was a she or he. It was a man master. And therefore these people survived and they had learned their lesson and they had written down to all their descendants to strictly follow spiritual method and the virtuous way of life. They have written all the destruction, all the tragedies, all the suffering, all the agonies of the planet's people so that their children never forget. They even have a monument that written, you know, the basic principle that we have to follow. And there's a monument that reminded people of the tragedy if they don't follow, the Martians people. It's a very expensive lesson and very painful one, very painful. But at least they learned. Mm. Master, uh, have you ever lived on Mars? No. No? I have not even visited. Uh, I just, uh, you know, a few times uh, telepathic communication. After you guys' questions, <laughs> then I have a few times telepathic communication, and that's about it. They don't need me there. Thank you, Master. You're Thank welcome. You. Hi, Master. Hi. Bonjour. Bonjour. Ça va, toi? Ça va. I have a question. Like you said that they they are watching Supreme Master television, so they might know that we are exploring their planet right now, right? Oh, you guys interested that they are interested in your television? <laughs> yes, they do know, honey. They do know. And do they know that we have robots exploring their planet now? Yes, they knew. Oh. And in the future, we, we might be able to go there too. And how would they react when, when they see us coming? They were afraid when they know our robot was there. And of course, if we go there, they will be more afraid. They will hide. They will hide themselves. Because they are afraid of maybe infections from us, physically and spiritually, infections. They are afraid of us. They are afraid of our invasion. Hmm? Okay, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. My next question is, are some Martians telecommunicate with us? Uh, just a few times uh, to some special beings on this planet due to some affinity or some special reason. They don't want to communicate with us at all. They don't even want to come here. 
you know, because uh, people think that Martians want to invade our planet is nothing further from the truth than that. They do not like our lifestyle. They do not have immunity to our infection. That's why they are afraid of us. They are contented to be left alone and live their way of life and practice spiritually. They're happy where they are. They don't even desire to communicate with us telepathically unless it's really necessary or, you know, some truly beneficial and harmless way. They know about us coming there, but uh, they hide. That's why the human cannot find them. Hmm? Okay. Thank you very much, Master. You're welcome. Hi, Master. Hi. My question was if uh, the Martians know about you. They know, they know. We telepathically communicated a few times. And how did they find out about you? How? <laughs> they can't even watch your television, honey. <laughs> they know a lot of things that we don't know. They don't even need to come here to know. See, they have telepathy, they have spiritual elevation, they have wisdom. Yes, they can travel without vehicles. They travel in spirit, yeah? They know everywhere, at least the surrounding uh, planetary systems. Um, so they also know that uh, you are here on Earth and they know your mission? Yes, they do know, and they have very much, uh, you know, uh, respect. And they really respect us. <laughs> also, would they have... Um a message for us, especially that uh, they know what's happening with us at the moment. Mm, they do know. They do know, yes. And uh, they cannot help us, you know, because they know what happened to them before. They could even travel back to the past, you see. Many of them could travel back to the past lives, like 40 million years ago, to know what happened to their planet. Not just reading the history of their ancestors, but they can travel back to the past lives and they know everything so they know what's happening to our planet almost like what happened to them and uh, of course they cannot help they know they cannot help but uh, of course they have a message um uh there were two messages mm. the first one is from the council of the people and there are only two words from them be virtuous and the second message is from the chairman of the people. He said, save your home before it's too late. Save your home before it's too late. That's what they said. Thank you. Um, also, can the Martians achieve Buddhahood in one lifetime? Some of them can. Yes, some of them can. Just like everywhere else, they have to work hard for it. Yeah. Mm. Great. Thank you, Master. You're welcome. I'm running out of information. I crossed them all out already. I hope you don't ask any more questions. <laughs> <laughs> then I have to go and look into the, the thing again. Okay, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I check out. They also would prefer that we don't come, yeah? 
better we don't come to to search them out because we will kill them by our infection, which they do not have immune system against. Yes. I hope human will never find them. I also hesitated to give out all these informations before. Uh, but uh, I asked them, and they say it's okay, because it might be very helpful to our planet. They are very kind, very kind, aren't they? Very kind. They think, I mean, the human will not be able to find where they live. In any case, that's what I said. Okay. Hi, Master. Um, there are many um, books mentioning about humans living underground in our earth. Can you please elaborate on that, Master? Did I talk about that before, right? Yes. Uh, so, is there something else you you want to know? Just ask me a specific question, maybe? It's not Martians. No, 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 it's not. It's, it's humans. It's just like us. Yes. There are about five millions of them uh, and scattered in all over the earth, under the ground, in different countries. Yes? They are very advanced in technology. Mm. Therefore, they can live underground without any problem. They are vegetarian, are very spiritually uh, oriented, and very gentle people. They are very, very gentle people. Thank God, <laughs> because they are more advanced than us, than very strong, you know, healthy and strong race of people. But they are very, very gentle and benevolent. Um, they have a free lifestyle, you know? No limit to their uh, life there. There's no laws, you know, barring them anything. They're very free, almost like Mars people. Hmm? Mm. They have no intention to contact us at all. <laughs> so don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. And uh, don't hope. Huh? <laughs> they do come sometimes, but we never know. They come as an normal person like us, and, you know, if they need something some raw material to build some of their technological necessity, yes? They do come sometimes, but you never know, because they look like us anyway. They will wear the same thing. They blend in. Hmm? You never know when they come. You never know when they go. You will never find where they live. They have such a high tech that they can hide their entrance, that nobody can find it. Nobody can detect it, because they want to be safe from the above-ground human. <laughs> and the underground human afraid of the above-ground human. Can you believe that? Mm. They like to be by themselves because they know what we are here. They prefer to be uh, in peace, you know, uh, and in spiritual environment and lifestyle. is uh, not, not much like us here, you know. Um, they like to live more in accordance with the law of the universe. Yeah? loving, peace, and uh, coordination between each other, helping each other. They like to live within that framework of harmony and peace and spiritual atmosphere and endeavor. They don't like to contact us. They don't like our lifestyle. Oh, thank you, Master. I didn't know there are some books about that. Why don't you just read books? Why you ask me? <laughs> huh? Are there some books about that? 
Yes, yes, master. I did not know they exist. It's very interesting to read books huh, about underground people. Hello, master. Is there any connection between the underground humans and the Mars people? No connection. They are different people. You know, like Earth, Earth people uh, who has been there a long time ago. Uh, they, they, they came there in the beginning due to uh, spiritual oppression, you know, because they were not freely practicing what they believe. They also practiced quantum method. And, uh, and they were oppressed and driven, you know, and persecuted. So they had to hide themselves underground. And ever since then, they developed themselves into nations, communities, and they are self-sufficient, happy, contented, and their lives are simple and frugal. So they don't want to come back up here, you know, ever since a long time, many, many generations already. I understand. Oh, thank you. Um, if our Earth continues in its present course, uh, will humans be able to also go underground and... Uh, have a similar system like uh, the people on Mars? Mm. We can. It would be uh, better if uh, people already are prepared for that, you know, but uh, only if we are good, yes? Because if we are bad, we will carry badness everywhere we go. And then uh, there might be not a disaster up here on the surface, but there will be disaster uh, underground again, you know? Due to the same system, the same self-destructive way of life, you know, then we will be just killing each other, killing the animals, killing the environment. Then soon we also destroy the underground system. Then we'll have to end up with the same trouble, even worse, yes? If we create goodness, yes, then it will follow us everywhere. So I just ask the planet people to create goodness right now. So we still can live here in the free air and we still preserve the environment or whatever that's left over and that not continue further deterioration. And the planet will recover quickly because we have not reached the point that Mars have reached before the mass extinction. You see, it happened so fast in the last two months that they have no time to prepare nothing. They, they never believed it's going to happen because it's too fast. They know something may be going wrong, but they do not listen to the wise people, to the spiritual people who can see the future and who can know the cause and the effect of actions and reactions, okay? Even then, they thought they have a lot of time, but they didn't. In the past five years, they have been warned, but they did not listen, they did not change. And then the last two months, it's happened just so fast, so fast, nobody even has time to even think. 90% of the beings on Mars die just like that. Within two months, about 90% of the beings on the Mars has been destroyed. And then 5% some months later, some more months later, another 3.8% more. And then only 0.2% survived because they went underground and live in caves and, you know, live next to the water underground, which has not been polluted. And they move into the less polluted area. Somehow they were lucky, I guess, where they live because of their spiritual merit and the good karma that 
the atmosphere has been less polluted. That's how they have the time to even go into the ground, understand me, and move whatever left over into the ground and live the life under there for some time. See what I mean? They move their food and seeds and grains and the animals, machinery, technology, whatever they can move, because they live in the less polluted area. Less doesn't mean not, but they have time to recover. And once they move into the healthy ground under there, they recover health-wise and they continue. Underground system is not a bad idea. Just it's better we we take refuge in goodness right now and in virtues and in loving consideration and kindness to all beings. Then it lasts longer. And let's face it, the life underground is not all that comfortable. Uh, maybe if you don't practice well spiritually, you will feel suffocated. You will feel very depressed. You know, pressure in the beginning, because you know around you is all earth and close in. And you can't just go up to the surface to look at the scenery that you're used to anymore, to watch, you know, the birds flying, to see the rabbit hopping in your garden, to see the turtle, to see the trees, to see the flowers. All the things that you have been used to will be gone. And you know you are surrounded by walls and thickness of, of earth, you know. Uh, many miles under the ground, under the surface of the ground. Just to think about it, you will feel suffocated. So it takes a long time to get used to it. It takes some spiritual strength to be able to truly live underground also. You know what I mean? Some people don't like closure. And you can't dig the ground as high as uh, the sky that we have here. They, they make it look like a sky down there, but you know it's a limit. Yes, It's only 10 meters from the ground to the sky <laughs> that made the earth, because they cannot dig further than that. They don't have cement there, it's all mud and all that. If they dig more than that, it'd be collapsed, yeah? It would be dangerous. So that's all you have, 10 meters between the ground and above your head. Three stories building, that's the highest you can have. There's no skyscraper like New York. Nothing like that there. You will be missing everything in the beginning. It should be uh, terrible. It's not fun to live underground, I'm telling you. It just, you know, when you're forced to do it, then maybe you'll be able to do it. It's just for survival. The whole planet cannot go underground. Too many. We have like six or more billions people. We cannot dig all that underground. Besides, there will not be enough water or air for six billions people. Underground, you have to recycle everything, absolutely everything. Water, you have to recycle again and again. The air, you have to recycle again and again. Technologically, you have to develop much, much more advanced than now in order to be able to survive underground even, yeah? And we are not there yet. I'm so sorry to say. Even if we are there, it would have been good, but we are not. Prepare yet to live underground even, even if we want to. It's not like we want to live underground and we can do it. No. You need to build things, yeah? You need to have technology that is suitable for that environment. You have to know how to survive. You have to find underground water first, where it is nearby, because there will not be a lot of transportation and petrol down there or nothing like that for you to continue to survive the way you do now. That's why I ask the people, please, 
Please wake up. Wake up. It's so easy to just be vegetarian, be vegan. So easy just to leave the animals and other beings alone. So easy just to live in peace. Very easy. Everyone can do it. Every individual just choose peace and there will be peace on earth. There's no need to discuss a lot or sign treaties and arguments or anything. Just be vegetarian, be peace with each other. That's all there is. Very simple. And don't wait until we have to dig the ground to live. Maybe we won't survive to do that. And even if we survive to do that, I don't know if we have enough technology to survive afterward. Thank you very much, Master. You're welcome. You know, I know I'm talking to my own knees, yeah? Well, my own elbows, yeah, all these years. And perhaps I'm still talking to my own knees right now. But I just still hope that people will listen, who knows, yeah? I, I still have this uh, positive hope that people will change. Maybe in this couple of years, they will change. If the government okay with it, people will change and fast. And we will preserve the planet and our way of life. Just uh, throw away the piece of meat. It's not difficult, is it? Huh? Throw away meat and have everything else. Instead of lose everything else, just for one piece of meat. Hmm? Some of the diseases related to meat consumption. Cured meats and fish increase leukemia risk in children. Antibiotic-resistant superbug infections from a strain of Staphylococcus aureus, blue tongue disease, E. coli, salmonella, bird flu, mad cow disease, or Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, 90% of the population at risk, pig's disease, or PMWS, Listeriosis, shellfish poisoning, preeclampsia, Campylobacter, Clostridium difficile, diseases hidden in healthy appearing livestock. Some of the costs of meat eating, heart disease. Over 17 million lives lost globally each year. Cost of cardiovascular disease is at least one trillion US dollars a year. Cancer. Over one million new colon cancer patients diagnosed each year. More than 600,000 colon cancer-related mortalities annually. In the United States alone, colon cancer treatment costs about 6.5 billion US dollars. Millions of people are newly diagnosed with other meat-related cancers every year. Diabetes. 246 million people are affected worldwide. An estimated 174 billion US dollars spent each year on treatment. Obesity. Worldwide, 1.6 billion adults are overweight with 400 million more who are obese. Costs 93 billion US dollars each year for medical expenses in the United States alone. At least 2.6 million people die annually from problems related to being overweight or obese. Environmental. Use up to 70% of clean water. Pollute most of the water bodies. Deforest the lungs of the earth. Uses up to 43% of the world's cereal. Uses up to 85% of the world's soy. Cause world hunger and wars. 80% cause of global warming. Plus more. Some of the costs of milk consumption. 
Bacterial microbes, pesticides, and enzymes found in cheese derived from the inner stomach linings of other animals. Up to 80% of the calories in cheese are from pure fat. Breast, prostate, and testicular cancer from hormones present in milk. Mysteria and Crohn's disease. Hormones and saturated fat leads to osteoporosis, obesity, diabetes, and heart disease. Linked to higher incidences of multiple sclerosis. Classified as a major allergen. Lactose intolerance. Plus more. Hi, Master. Hi. I would like to ask to uh, help the planet out. Will we eventually all have to be an organic farmer? like planting and growing vegetables in our backyard. Is this the most sustainable method? Mm. Yes, it is. It is the most sustainable method. And I think everybody should uh, try to do that, even in your own backyard or in your balcony, whenever you can. Yes? Mm. And the one who has garden, of course, do it in the garden. Yes. And the one who has a garden but don't want to cultivate can lend it to somebody else and share the food, yeah? Because we have to learn to be self-sufficient from now on already. You never know what is going to happen to the planet truly because the people's heart is difficult to predict. If they change to a compassionate lifestyle, then the planet will survive for sure and we will have better than what we have now in time. But if they don't change, then I cannot tell you what happened. Even if the planet uh, survives, it's also a good idea to grow your own food. It's more wholesome, yeah? It has your energy, yes, and it will be very good for you. And you can control what you eat and what kind of food that you have, you know, wholesome or not, you see, uh, uh, organic or not. And uh, also it's very economy and it's nice to watch your your food growing by your own labor. It will be like living according to the Bible, you know? <laughs> Earn your food by the sweat of your brow, yeah? It will be very nice. And at least for some of us, that will be very helpful. You know, it's a very good idea. And uh, you will know what kind of uh, cultivation you have. You can control, you know? It will be less violent, even less bad farmer, you know? Less killing worms and things like that. Although we are practicing the vegan diet already, Master also mentioned in several cooking shows, Gift of Love, about caramelous eating. Can Master give us a few examples? <laughs> That's my preferred uh, food, okay? For example, you can eat anything that is from the trees without harming the trees, yeah? For example, all the fruits you can eat, yeah? Mm. Fruit doesn't mean only uh, sweet like orange apple, but fruit also mean like cucumber, okay? Uh, lady fingers, uh, zucchini, squash, those things, also fruit, yes. That go from the tree and you can take it without harming the tree, without even uh, taking the leaves from the tree. And uh, fruit that is organic, of course, nah? mm. the organic fruits, yeah? that would be the best. And if you want to eat any plants or any herbs, you know, in this trend, you know, you wait until they, they fall off the trees or wither, and then you can take them and use them. Then there's no bad karma and no harm to the trees. Uh, and you can have nuts, you see? 
all kind of nuts from the trees. Yes, and there also all the things that you can eat. Of course, yeah. If you want to ask me anything specific, then I can tell you. Hi, Master. Hi. Can you tell us more details about, like, what kind of food does Master eat and why? Yes, I told you already. I eat the fruit-like food, nut stuff and fruit, <laughs> cucumber and those things, which I don't have to cut the plant, which I don't have to break the leaves from the plant because they also get in afraid when we do that. But if we take the fruit from them, they offer it free. They know the fruits are there for us. If you cut the plant before you cut, they already get very afraid and nervous, and I don't like to cause them this feeling, yes? And if I eat it, then other people have to cut for me, yes? So for the sake of everybody, I used to cook all kind of vegetable, yes? And now I think it's a time that people should know my preferred food if they want to <laughs> do the same. It's up to them, but a vegetarian is already very good, okay? The least harmful and the least karma, the least contributing to the global problem. And um, that's what I eat, okay? Even rice or wheat, the plants already wither and yellow and brown before they harvest. So the plant practically die already before we get the rice or the wheat. So it's okay. Uh, fruit means also corn, you see? What about uh, root vegetables? like potatoes? You can eat them. I don't eat them at the moment because I don't plant it myself. So I don't know what kind of things they're doing to the root. But if you plant yourself, for example, then you plant them on the elevated earth bed. You know, in Vietnam, I saw them do that. You see, for example, okay, if you want to plant some sweet potatoes, yeah, and you make the airy bed like that, high above the ground, so the soil is very airy, and you plant them on the high elevated uh, bed, round after round like that, and there will be no worms to hurt. The reason I don't want root, because sometimes they dig it and they hurt the worms. And the worms are the diligent workers to till the soil, to make the soil arable, to make the soil cultivable, and then just because of that, the sacrifice, you know, for us, and we accidentally kill them. It just hurt my heart, so I prefer to avoid it, often, before even. And now I don't eat at all, okay? It's time that I stop. I have to show people what is the preferable, yeah? What is the alternative? But if you cultivate it yourself, if I cultivate myself, yeah, on the elevated ground like that, there will be no worms in it, because the worm only go where the soil is a clock, you know, and they dig it to make the soil more airy. So if the soil is airy, the worms know, they don't go there. So first, you don't hurt the worm if you dig the potato. Second, you could even just pull it up, you don't even need to dig anything. Third, you can wait until the plant, like the sweet potato plants, already wither and die. There will be no more leaves, no more green leaves, nothing. It's only the you know, small stems left and the root underneath. Then the plants already die. Then you can take the root. Then you don't hurt the plant, you don't hurt the worm, nothing. In that case, you can eat the root. You see? Also the same with uh, other roots. Yes? 
Okay? Thank you, okay. Master. If you don't want to kill just the worms, then we have many uh, techniques, organic uh, himsa farming, you know, like you can plant them in the water, yes, then you don't hurt the worms, or you can plant them on elevated soil bed like that, and you don't hurt the worm. But I also don't even cut the plant to eat, unless it's already withered, and the spirit of the plant already left, then it's okay in that case. Because you were asking me what kind of root. So there are many organic farming methods that at least you don't hurt the worms, okay? Thank you, Master. Thanks for asking. Also, uh, many of the roots is like that. If you can wait until the green leaves are wither and die, then you can take the root. Like carrot, you will not hurt the worm because you just take it from the the root. It's easy just to pull it up, you know. You don't need to dig or anything, so accidentally you won't kill the worm, for example. But if you really want not to harm the plant and not to make them afraid, then you wait until they wither, yeah? And you still have the root under there, and then you just pull the root up, yeah? No harm to the plant and no harm to the root. In that case, you can eat those, okay? The root will not feel much, will not feel anything. When the plant dies, the root also don't feel anything. For example, if you like some herbs, and if the leaves already by wind or by some natural course, and it broke, you know, and fall on the ground or half broken already, then you can take them and eat, okay? In that case, there's no himsa involved at all, yes. The thing is, I don't want to cause any nervousness or anxiety to any beings, even to a plant. That's why. That's why I don't want to eat vegetable anymore. We have enough, actually, <laughs> even just fruit. You know, even like tofu from soya. Soya is like fruit of the plant. You can eat them, yes? Beans, all kind of things, they are the fruit of the plant. Not just fruit like apples and oranges, but beans, yeah? All kind of beans, they're also fruit. The sesame, uh, not the fruit that grow from above the ground from the trees. And um, in Vietnam, they cultivate, for example, peanuts in the sandy soil. There's no soil and no worm at all ever live there. So the peanuts, they thrive in the sandy area, yes? And these you can wait until the peanuts plant die. With, uh, you know, mostly they go yellow and then brown, and they just dry up, and then you can pour the peanuts up without hurting anything at all. Even if you dig, there's nothing hurt at all. And you can plant like uh, cassava plants that don't need much water and no worm nearby. That you can plant anywhere. Uh, you don't need even soil to plant that. You can plant in the sand or some kind of very dry soil. There are many vegetables and plants we can plant without water or with very, very little water. It's very suitable right now because we are short of water, huh? Plant your own vegetable, then you have absolute control about how you harvest and what you harvest and what you eat. Okay, love? Thank you, Master. Vegetarianism in Religion the Baha'i Faith, 
regarding the eating of animal flesh and abstinence therefrom. Know thou of a certainty that, in the beginning of creation, God determined the food of every living being, and to eat contrary to that determination is not approved. Selections from the Baha'i Writings of Some Aspects of Health and Healing Buddhism All meats eaten by living beings are of their own relatives. Lankavatara Sutra Gaudai The most important thing is to stop killing, because animals also have souls and understand like humans. If we kill and eat them, then we owe them a blood debt. Teachings of the Saints Christianity Meats for the belly and the belly for meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Holy Bible. And while the flesh was yet between their teeth, ere it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord smote the people with a very great plague. Holy Bible. Confucianism. All men have a mind which cannot bear to see the sufferings of others. The superior man, having seen the animals alive, cannot bear to see them die. Having heard their dying cries, he cannot bear to eat their flesh. Mencius Essenes I am come to end the sacrifices and feasts of blood, and if ye cease not offering and eating of flesh and blood, the wrath of God shall not cease from you. Gospel of the Holy Twelve Hinduism Since you cannot bring killed animals back to life, you are responsible for killing them. Therefore you are going to hell. There is no way for your deliverance. Adilila. He who desires to augment his own flesh by eating the flesh of other creatures lives in misery in whatever species he may take his birth. Mahabharata Anu. Islam. Allah will not give mercy to anyone except those who give mercy to other creatures. Hadith. Do not allow your stomachs to become graveyards of animals. Hadith. Jainism. A true monk should not accept such food and drink as has been especially prepared for him involving the slaughter of living beings. Sutra Kritanga Judaism And whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourn among you, that eateth any manner of blood, I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood, and will cut him off from among his people. Holy Bible Blood meaning flesh Sikhism those mortals who consume marijuana, flesh and wine, no matter what pilgrimages, fasts and rituals they follow, they will all go to hell. Guru Granth Sahib Taoism Do not go into the mountain to catch birds and nets, nor to the water to poison fishes and minnows. Do not butcher the ox that plows your field. Tract of the Quiet Way Tibetan Buddhism the offering to the deities of meat obtained by killing animate beings is like offering a mother the flesh of her own child, and this is a grievous failure, the supreme path of discipleship. Zoroastrianism. Those plants I, Ahura Mazda, or God, rain down upon the earth to bring food to the faithful and fodder to the beneficent cow. Avesta. Everybody knows that vegetarian diet is good for health, and to save the planet. They will be awakening their own great, compassionate, loving self-nature, and then their level of consciousness will rise up automatically, and they will understand more than they ever did, and they'll be closer to heaven than what they are right now. We have something we'd like to share with you. 
Oh, wonderful. My turn to enjoy. <laughs> Thanks, God. <laughs> Master, in our human culture, earthlings have always been fascinated with Martians. We are naturally curious about our so-called alien neighbors, and hence there has been much written on the subject, including jokes. Here's one. A girl was visiting her Martian friend, who had acquired two new dogs, and asked her what their names were. The Martian responded by saying that one was named Rolex and one was named Timex. <laughs> <laughs> her friend said, who ever heard of someone naming dogs like that? Yes. Hello, answered the Martian. They're watchdogs. Oh. <laughs> yes, uh, very funny. <laughs> yes, very good. Very good, very good. Ah. <laughs> very funny. Yes. Um, Master, to conclude today's amazing conference, um, we would like to invite Master to share some more of your words of wisdom and advice for us and the world. You see, the best advice, honey, is from examples, yes? I think we have plenty of wisdom from Martians, yeah, from Martians, from what happened to them and what we discover telepathically. Yes, as well as uh, scientifically, yes, they have discovered that Mars is all barren and uninhabitable. But they also discovered that long ago there was water there. Water means life-supporting. So what have happened to all these bodies of waters? Do you see? That is a very, very important question for us. So from Mars we can learn to prevent, you know, such disaster, that it might not ever happen to our planet. So my advice is just look to Mars and don't forget. Don't forget that we have a very beautiful home here for us and for our children. And for grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, it's a beautiful place, physically speaking, and it has all conditions to sustain life. And it offers us so much, so much, so much fun, so much beauty, so much love. And even though it's a temporary home, but it's a very good home for practicing spiritually, for rekindle our wisdom within, and for practicing to be, you know, a higher, nobler being. So. It's a nice place to sojourn for, as long as our time permit, at least to develop spiritually. Or if not, just enjoy it. Just enjoy the scenery, enjoy what we have here. We have exquisite flowers, yes? We have exotic birds. We have incredible animals. We have amazing trees, mountains and great bodies of water which sustain so much life and energies and nourishing all beings. And it's such a beautiful place. You would just walk out everywhere and look at the trees. Imagine one day they're all gone and smell the flowers quick before maybe they'll be gone soon. Touch the grass because maybe they'll be also gone soon. Imagine if all this beautiful scenery vegetations, humans, animals, imagine if they're all gone, how would you feel? 
So we have to protect this beautiful place we call Earth, because this is the home of not just us, but many other species and the environment, beautiful flora and fauna. It's really an incredible place. It took trillions of years to manifest such a planet, and it takes many, many meritorious, virtuous deeds of human beings, or animals, or other beings alike, in order to garnish into this energy, in order to manifest such kind of planet like this. It's not a gift that you can buy and offer it to someone. It's not a toy that we can use it and discard tomorrow. It's not an item that if we have trillions of dollars, we can buy it. However much money we have, we cannot buy this planet. It's so exquisite, it's so special, so unique, so beautiful. Not every planet are as beautiful as our planet, even though we have more beautiful planets. But not all of them are as beautiful as our planet, so beautiful like some planets are not as beautiful. The peopled planet, not all are as beautiful as this. I wish I can make everybody understand what I'm talking about. I wish I can wake them all up and we just turn around and that's it. We can save the planet. All we do is just be vegetarian. Nothing else is really important anymore. Just be vegetarian. You can save the planet overnight, just like that. And I wish everybody really listen. Okay, guys, thanks for your time and thanks for all you are doing. European Parliament supports reducing meat to lower greenhouse gases. Call vote. Vote is now open. Reduce your meat consumption or stop eating meat totally. During discussions on greenhouse gas reduction goals, the Climate Committee of the European Parliament officially recognized livestock's contribution to global warming and recommended a reduction of subsidies to the livestock industry to curb methane. My name is Jan Solm. I'm a member of the European Parliament. Please, be veg, go green, save the planet. I want everybody to know that we still can save the planet. We still can. We still have some time. But we have to turn around quick, you know? Because we are going to the destructive direction right now. If we just turn around, then it's become constructive again, positive again. Very simple. If we don't head north, then we go in south, you know? Turn around and we go north if that's where we want to go. I'm sorry I have no more bigger words or you know, impressive words or incredible sentences to conclude our meeting or 
that I could impress people of the planet or convince them in any way. But I just hope they feel what I say is the truth and sincere. And I truly wish them to continue to have the planet and to save the planet for the future generations. Thank you, all of you. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Master. We thank you so much, Master, for being with us and sharing your wisdom and your love. Every moment we are with you is a priceless gift. And we wish most beautiful, 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 beautiful Master many, many wonderful and happy moments in peace, health, and much love throughout the other new year of the Ox. Thank May your you. elegant thank radiance you. continue to bless the earth for eons to come. We thank love you, you very thank much. You. Yes, I wish the same to you and to the planet. And you know what? Before we go, I have a surprise for you. <laughs> and you're going to like it very much. I just got the information just now, you know? I didn't know it before either. So it's also a surprise for me this minute <laughs> that not only Mars, Martians, but many other planets also watching the Supreme Master Television. <laughs> and you cannot even count them. You cannot even count them. So many, so many, countless, numerous. Uh, because they're all concerned also about humanity raised in the planet. So they're watching. And we are the one who give the most comprehensive information and the most constructive, up-to-date. So they're watching it. They like to know what we're doing on the planet. They're interested in humanity as a whole and also what's going on on our planet. Because, as I told you, not all of the citizens of other planets have telepathy. So they do watch television because, you know, those who have a highly developed technology, they watch the Supreme Master television, and there are countless of them. My God, I'm so happy, so proud, so thrilled. <laughs> Congratulations. Okay. And Happy New Year. New Year, Master. Thank you.